In the first and second episodes of this podcast, we talked a lot about the imposter syndrome and, you know, how a lot of us are really nervous to call ourselves runners. You know, maybe we're afraid like someone more experienced is going to call us out. Like we're just not good enough. Right. And in all honesty, like I have been dealing with imposter syndrome um, in the podcasting world in the last nine months. And, you know, I'm sure that anytime I try something new or anytime we try something new, we get a little bit of doubt, like, oh gosh, am I good enough? Right. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I say this all the time. And I have to catch myself and remind myself that is just the imposter syndrome. That is just my critter brain. That is just, you know, the the girl, the mean girl voice in the back of my head telling myself that I'm not good enough. But I have to remember that, um, yeah, we just practice those things and we get better. It's okay if we're not good. It's okay. So today's guest and I, we actually connected like months ago, like months ago before my wedding And I was really so nervous to have him on the podcast because I looked at his social media and I was like, this guy's like a legit podcaster. Also, he's like a legit runner, a legit running coach. He knows what the heck he's doing. How could I have him on my podcast? My podcast is just this, you know, fun little hobby thing that I'm doing. And so I kept thinking, you know, okay, I'll just wait. I will just wait until X, Y, Z, right? Like these artificial benchmarks. Once I get to this, once I have this number of downloads, once I have this number of Instagram followers, once I have, once I have like this, uh, mile pace, you know, once I'm like a a legit runner, then, then I'll have them on the podcast, which is so ridiculous considering the name of this podcast. Um, but you know, it's just a testament to, you know, how we view one thing and how we do one thing in our life is usually how we do a lot of things. But also, like, we have that choice to um, try hard things, try things that are outside of our comfort zone. Um, I'm so sad that I waited this long to have Denny on the podcast because this was one of my favorite episodes, getting to talk to someone about running. So today on the podcast, we have Denny of Diz Runs. Um, He is just honest, humbled, grounded, amazing. He is a runner, running coach, blogger, podcaster, speaker, and... Um, we're going to add to that list. He is an author. He just wrote his first book called Be Ready on Race Day. Um, and it just helps regular people like us learn to craft our own training plans. So you guys know I hate meal plans. Um, I don't think that someone, I cannot tell you exactly how to eat. And I don't think anyone on the internet should or any uh, author should tell you exactly how to eat because you know your body, you know your schedule, you know your life. You might need a little bit of help but you know yourself. And Denny does the same thing with running and training plans. There are basic things that every training plan needs for sure, but his book and him as a coach, you know, that he just helps you figure out how to craft a training plan that is actually going to work with your life. And I love it. All right, let's get started with the show. Okay. I am so excited to have on the show, Denny Cray. Uh, he is a running coach. We connected on Instagram and he is a fellow podcaster. Denny, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jacqueline. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Denny is amazing. Um, and you'll hear he's also an author, um, runs marathons just for fun anytime he wants. And <laughs> But Denny, let's get started. So I always like to hear about what fitness was like um, growing up, just to see like, you know, it, how we keep improving, how we change. So what was fitness like for you in high school and college? Um, so in, in high school, I, uh, played hockey, like ice hockey was my sport. Um, I wasn't that good. Uh, I kind of, I started it a, a lot later than, than a lot of kids would, but, um, you know, whatever I, I got into it and, and that was, that was kind of, um, you know, what I did, 
I don't know that I did it for fitness, but my fitness was to supplement, you know, being ready for hockey season and, and trying to improve year after year. So, um, you know, it was a little bit of, of cardio, but nothing like definitely, definitely wasn't a runner. Um, I, I ran as it was a ne- necessary evil to try to get ready for the start of the season, of course, but that was about it. A little bit of weights, a little, you know, a little bit of, of, you know, working around the house, just, just kind of general stuff, but no like really defined fitness plans or anything like that. Um, like I said, played hockey. That was, that was the big thing from whatever September to April or something like that is pretty, pretty long season. So, uh, the rest of the year was just kind of trying to be in shape for whenever the next season would start going to college. Um, I mean, I didn't, again, didn't have any real set things. I wasn't, I didn't play sports in in college. I, I certainly, you know, when, when, when that last senior year of, of high school finished up, that was, that was the end of my, uh, pseudo competitive athletic career. Um, and so, you know, in college it was just, it was, it was, I don't know, maybe stereotypical, but it was kind of the, like, try to keep the, the freshman 15 under control, try to, you know, not let the, the late night beer and pizza runs like really blow you up too much. So it was go to the, go to the fitness center once in a while, you know, go, go run once in a while. I, I, uh, um, made the wise decision of leaving Michigan and going to a, a small school in Florida for college. So, you know, the weather was, was good year round. You had to be kind of pool, pool weather ready year round. Um, so that, that kind of helped with the motivation a bit. Uh, we had a, um, a, a nice, uh, but it's almost a 5k. I mean, there's a 5k there just about every week, a, a lake right on, on one edge, edge of campus that the, the community uses. It's popular now for runners and, and everything all the time. But like I used to, you know, go run that once in a while. So it was, you know, a three mile run here and there. I, I rollerbladed it a lot. So kind of that hockey passion still kind of bled over a little bit as, as a way to, to try it, to stay in shape. But, um, it was, it was really loosey goosey. There was no, nothing definitive, um, no strict plans or anything like that. It was just kind of like, ah, yeah, I got an hour. I'll go to the gym and, and pretend to lift some weights or, or, you know, make, make it, make an effort, make it look like I'm doing something. But you know, when was the next time I'm gonna be at the gym? It might be tomorrow. It might be three weeks from now. So it was just kind of, uh, kind of where the spirit moved me and, and depending on what the schedule looked like at any particular time. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I think just reading about you and knowing what I know about you, I would have guessed like, oh gosh, you know, he's probably been running for the last 20 years. So that's really cool. So now, so then when did running um, really became a big part of your life? I mean, it was, it was definitely a, a, a general inter, or a gradual integration. I, I, I kind of say it's an acquired taste for me, just like, just like coffee is just like, like beer was, you know, just like, it's just about everything. Like a lot of things in my life have been a, an acquired taste over time. Um, but you know, like I said, I mean, I started, I, I ran some in, in high school to try to be in shape. I ran some in college to try to keep, keep the, the you know, that, that little creep of, of weight gain, uh, under control. Um, shortly after I got out of college, I started, you know, dating my wife and, and she was more of a runner than, than I was, uh, certainly at that, at that point. And that those roles have, have switched now. It's kind of funny how that works out, but she was, she was that annoying, uh, person that would like run with you and then like run ahead of you. And turn around and run back and then like run backwards and be like, come on, slow poke. Like, let's go, let's go. And, you know, and, and you're kind of trying not to curse her under your breath, but, uh, you know, sometimes you can't help it. Um, so she kind of kept me running a little bit, but again, it wasn't something that I really enjoyed. And then when I went to grad school, uh, I went to middle Tennessee state university and I, I had a graduate assistantship. Uh, I'm, I'm an athletic trainer by, by, uh, by training, by education. And so I, I was working with the, the track and cross country teams. So, um, you know, you'd, you'd, I'd sit at the track for three and a half, four hours a day, like watching track practice and watching people run and watching people jump and throw and, and just do all of the, the track and the field types of things. And somewhere in that, in those two years, 
it kind of went from like, God, I'm really bored and everybody's just sitting around stretching and there's nothing really happening. So like, I'll run a little bit to then kind of like starting to see some of the strategies, starting to see, you know, how the, the division one athletes would do their workouts and, and, um, how they would perform on race day. And just, it just kind of started, like, I started to become interested in the sport of running in general, just from a, a spectator standpoint, I started to, to see more of the, the intricacies of it than just people are just out there running. Like, yes, they are, but there's also some other stuff going on with it. And so I, I started kind of enjoying it a little bit more as a time killer, as something, as a way to just kind of pass the hours of sitting there or I'd, I'd go to a, a track meet and like, I'd have some people that maybe were participating in like an early event. And then there would be like four hours where I had nobody. So I didn't have to really, like, I could go just for a run, like through, you know, the Auburn campus or through the Georgia tech campus or whatever school we were at um, and just kind of sightsee and, and look around. And so it started, that was when it really started to tick in the right direction of, I don't hate it anymore. You know, I don't know that I really loved it at that point, but I didn't, I didn't hate it anymore. I, I looked forward to it. Like I, I had a proper pair of running shoes courtesy of the track team. Like they, you know, they had their shield, shoe deals. They're like, you want a pair? Here you go. So I was like, all right, here we go. Um, and that was really where the seed got planted. And then after I got out of, out of grad school in, in the spring of 2009, signed up for my first marathon, which wasn't necessarily planned. I was planning to sign up for the half marathon and for the, the Disney, uh, the Disney half, but it was full. Um, like, so it wasn't like I clicked the wrong button or anything like that, but um, I, I realized, or I, I knew myself and knew that if I waited until next year to try to run the Disney half, uh, there's a pretty good chance I would forget about it. It'd be somewhere middle of the summer. I'd go to sign up for it again and it would be probably sold out again. So I just figured, and, and you know, talk about naive, not knowing anything at all at that point. Like, I was just like, eh, I mean, probably do a half. Like it's all right, whatever. Like I'll do <laughs> double, double the half. It can't be that much worse. Like no big deal. Um, and, and so, you know, I signed up for my first marathon before I had ever run anything longer than an official, uh, 5k, um, wow. <laughs> and not, not my greatest of decisions in hindsight. And I was, I was woefully ill-prepared for it. Um, swore off running for a while after it, but, uh, I guess at that point, the sport had its, its claws in me and it, it ended up pulling me back. And, uh, you know, like I said, that, that taste kind of continued to develop over time and, and now to the point where, like every, just about everything I do is somehow running related. It's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, crazy looking back how things have, have played out. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love what you said about like, like running. And I think a lot of people can relate to this is running is that thing that you can just pick up, like, just put your shoes on and just go do like, you can just, you can do it anywhere. So that makes sense. Like, Hey, you're just sitting around like right. lots of people. Okay. I'm sitting around, like I can get up and can go walk. I can go run. Can't really get to the gym. Can't really like I don't know, do Zumba, like mm -hmm. <laughs> outside, but you can go run and it's cool. When did, when did running become like your, your business? Like, this is what you do. You're a podcaster, um, online coach in coach, uh, in-person in -co coach as well. No, nope, just, just online. Yep. Nice. Okay. So when did that become, um, your line? Uh, well, so I, I, um, you know, was working kind of a, a, a real job, if you will, um, from the time I got out of grad school or shortly after grad school. Uh, and then I, I, I left that in, so that would have been like the fall of 2009, somewhere in there that I, that I started that job and worked there for, uh, like a little over three years, three and a half years, something like that. So I guess it would have been the early part of, of 2013 and just, you know, there were some, some changes from, you know, we were subcontracted and, and at another company. So there was relationships between the companies, some, some rules changed and the job went from being pretty fun to really just like people making decisions that didn't appreciate how those decisions impacted 
you know, the, the, the people on the, on the ground. And so I was looking for a, a change, something different. Um, you know, we had, we had just bought a house. We were, you know, kind of in that stage of thinking about trying to have kids and, and, um, you know, so didn't really want to uproot, couldn't just, just up and up and leave necessarily. Um, and in the area, there, there weren't a lot of other options that were more appealing than the, the option that I had for a career at the time. So I was kind of looking at, at some entrepreneur self-employment type of things and decided to go into, into personal training. So instead of, but, but instead of working at a gym, I did the whole, like, I would be mobile. So I would go to people's houses. I would go to, uh, you know, the apartment gym, if that was where somebody lived or their office or, or whatever, and, and bring the workout to them. Uh, and kind of built that up to where I could leave, leave the day job. And, and all the while, like the running passion just kind of kept growing. Um, like I had a, a, a you know, a blog, or, you know, it was, you know, gonna be the next big running blog, you know, like, like that was, you know, and I, again, kind of like my, my early, you know, workout days where it was like, I would post occasionally and then be surprised that the thing wasn't just blowing up out of, you know, out of, out of anywhere when I'm posting once every six weeks or something like that. And not even post anything interesting, just posting here are my track repeats from the speed workout this week. And like, well, yeah, nobody wants to read that kind of stuff. Um, and so I, I, I built the personal training thing and it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. I had, I had mostly, you know, really good clients who I, I enjoyed working with, but it got to that point where all of my appointments were, you know, between five o'clock and seven o'clock in the morning. And then between, you know, four o'clock and seven o'clock in the evening. And so I would be at appointments and maybe get home in time to see my wife go to work. And then she would get home in time, maybe to see me before I would go to meet my clients. And then, you know, that was four or five nights, four nights a week plus, or four days a week, pretty much uh, morning and, and or evening, plus, you know, most of the morning on Saturday. So it was just, it wasn't the greatest for, for family life. And then we ended up having a, having a baby. So like, again, she'd take the baby to daycare. I'd do some work at home during the day, trying to get clients during the day, but it wasn't really happening. Not seeing the family at night, because by the time I'd get home, like I get, you know, kiss them and leave and they'd put her to, she'd put her to put my daughter to bed. And then, you know, by the time I'm home, like we're about ready to go to bed. It was just, it was just not the greatest situation. And so as that was playing itself out, I had already started the, the podcast, the, 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 the running show. And it just it was starting to grow a little bit. I had listeners and that were asking if I did coaching. And so I turned a few of them away. Cause I was like, no, I don't. And then it was like, well, why am I like, I'm fully capable of it. Uh, and, and my reasoning was that I didn't have in an RRCA certification or something like that. Um, but then I was looking into it and realized that four years of undergraduate and athletic training, two years of, of graduate level exercise science classes. Like I'm pretty sure that the, that two day course that covers all of those same things. Like I probably am okay to, to proceed without the RRCA certification. So, uh, started, started picking up a few clients and, and kind of just like the same thing with the personal training, just kind of step, you know, you kept picking them up here, picking them up there, uh, do a good enough job that hopefully they, they stick around and, and they enjoy working with you. Um, and, and it just kind of slowly built to the point where, um, gosh, just about a, about a year ago, uh, in, in 2017, I was able to, to, uh, you know, drop the last few, few personal training clients that I had and, and, um, and, and go all in on being online and being able to be home and, and having a bit more, uh, control over the time that I work and when I work and make it fit my life instead of trying to make my life fit around my, my work. And it's been, not always been easy, but it's been very well worth it and, and a whole lot of fun. 
Yeah, no, I love so many good nuggets. Even just that last thing you said about making things work for your life instead of trying to like get your life to work with other things. And I think that that comes out in the book that you wrote and a lot of the things that I talk about as well. Like life is, we're on this planet one time. Like we gotta, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to feel stuck. We can make those changes. So what does that look like with your online clients? Um, I know a lot of listeners have said like, what is this online coaching? Like I've heard about it and like, oh, you know, no, I'm just kind of a casual runner. I don't really want to like get a coach. I'm not serious. I'm not elite, but like, how can you help? You know, who are the people that you help and how do you help them with online coaching? So, you know, the, the, the people that I definitely work with the best are the ones that have some type of, of goal towards improvement. And, and it doesn't, it's not necessarily, well, it could be, but it's not necessarily trying to win a race. It's not necessarily trying to, to be the, the fastest person or, or things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's running farther without getting injured. It's, it's, um, it may be getting a little bit faster, setting a new PR, chasing down, you know, breaking four hours for the first time in the marathon or three hours for the first time in the half marathon, whatever it is. Um, it's somebody, you know, the, the, the people that I work with best are the ones that do have some type of goal driving them. Um, so that, you know, b- because it's online, I can't be there too much holding hands. It has to be kind of, here are the workouts, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I, I don't expect that everything is always going to go to plan because life is, life is going to happen. There's, there's going to be things that, that get in the way sometimes. And, and, um, I want the, the athletes that I work with to, to know that if they need to skip a workout or modify something that, you know, I'm not going to jump down their throat. I'm not going to be upset. Like I trust that if they could have done the full workout, they would have. And if there was a, if there's a legitimate reason they're, they're sick, their kids are sick. Something happens at work, family, whatever, like modify, no big deal. Um, but, but that's that the re, like I say, the reason I, I like the motivated clients and work best with them is because sometimes you can get in that situation where you give them that little bit of freedom. They're like, yeah, I just don't really feel like working out today. And like, then, then it's like, all right, well, come on, we got to, we got to we, we, we we uh, figure that out. So, um, but, but when it comes to online coaching, like what, what does it look like? Uh, a friend of mine said it, I think the best, the best way that I've heard it, uh, Susie Lemmer from Sue'sLife.com. And, and she said, she kind of likens it to you know, a server at a restaurant. So, you know, working with a coach, like you get, you get your workouts, you get your training plan, whether it's one week at a time, a month at a time, whatever. I, I tend to do mine about two weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's, I've learned that if I do too much in advance, then there, you know, life does happen. And I've got to adjust a bunch of stuff as opposed to just, just a couple of workouts to, to adjust based on, um, a couple of weeks at a time. But you know, then, then a good server continues to, to check in and see how things are going and how is the food. And like, Oh, I noticed you dropped your knife. Here's a clean knife. And like, let me top off your glass and, and those types of things. Yeah. And so as, as a online coach, what I try to do is kind of do that same type of thing. Here are the workouts. And then, you know, I might check their, their Garmin data or check their Strava data or based on their feedback to me, all right, well, let's, let's adjust this a little bit and let's tweak this and let's, you know what, just take this weekend off because you're, I can tell you're burned out. Like your, your workouts aren't going really well. Like just relax this weekend. Like, you know, spend some time by the pool or, or, you know, whatever, whatever your relaxing thing looks like. Um, but just don't, don't worry about running. It's going to be okay. And so just really kind of staying on, on top of, of what their, their subtle needs are, um, and adjusting things on a, you know, very regular basis if necessary. And of course, you know, I have some, some athletes that, and, and most athletes, most of the time, you know, you kind of give them the, their plan and, and check in and make sure they don't have any questions and, and things just barrel on ahead. But everybody has those times in life when you just, you know, you need some things adjusted and, and that's where, uh, you know, having somebody that knows you that, that, know, that, you know, has been hopefully in, in most of my, my athletes case, I've been working with them for months, if not years. So mm-hmm. like, I know their schedules, I know 
their kids' names. Like I know, I know that they run with their dog or that they always run alone or that whatever, like I kind of know that stuff about them. So, you know, it's, it's a lot easier for me to adjust them. So going back to the server analogy, it's like, I know that so-and-so likes the corner booth and like, they always have, you know, this drink and like, this is their main, their main, uh, you know, types of, of entrees that they like, but every once in a while I might suggest, Hey, you know what? Like you really might want to try this because it's, it's, it's really good. And I think you're going to like it. And hopefully they trust me enough to know that, Hey, all right, I'll, I'll try it. Cause you know, I've been, been coming to this place for years. And so, you know, you, you build those relationships with the clients over time and it really is, is in, in most situations. And, and obviously the ideal situations is, is the two of us working together towards, towards their goals. Um, me supporting them in, in whatever way they need. And, and it's different for everybody. It's not a, a one size, everybody gets the same, the same me. It's everybody gets me but there's, you know, some people need a little bit more of a crack in the whip and some people need a little bit more of a pat on the back and some people need a little bit more of, of just a good, uh, you know, encouraging word or they don't need much from me. Like uh, put the stuff on the calendar. If I need you, I'll let you know. Otherwise, you know, if you don't, if, if I'm not saying anything, then there's nothing wrong and we'll just keep on keeping on. So it's, it's developing those relationships, even though it's, you know, online, it's a little bit tougher than in person, obviously, but, uh, over time you, you develop them and, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's definitely, I, I can, I can say that for me, um, my, my athlete success is I get way more excited for them having a good day than I do for me having a good day. Like, I'm like, eh, whatever for me, like it's eh, no big deal. But when they have even a moderately good day, I'm like, yeah, like that's, that's awesome. So it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that is one of the cool things about working with an online coach is that like, you might not be able to go, like if you're someone that travels, you might not be able to go see your personal trainer or like go see someone in person, but like online, like it opens up so many doors and so many like connections and relationships. You know, you might not have a running coach where you live. So it's pretty cool. Um, and I love just what you said about like life happens and we'll talk about the book in a second, but this was in the book that you're like, let's schedule it two weeks out in advance instead of, mm-hmm. I think when I ran my first marathon, I like, wrote every, you know, okay, I'm going to, you know, three months from now, this is what I'm going to be doing. Not knowing if we have a wedding that weekend or right. what. So how do you, but how do you help someone modify it? Like if they have a wedding happening or if they're, you know, something happens, they're sick, you know, is pushing through the best thing? Like what, what would you tell people? Well, and, and, and again, you know, I mean, every, every situation is going to be a little bit different based on, based on the person, based on, on, you know, what is going on. But, um, so, so the way I work is I, I check in, we, we, I do all of my, um, you know, coaching plans on like a shared Google mm-hmm. document with each, each person has their own, their own, uh, schedule. And so I check in three times a week and just kind of check in. And if, if they don't leave much feedback, then I just say, Hey, hope you're having a great week. Like, you know, talk yeah. to you on, on Friday, talk to you on Monday, talk to you on Wednesday, whatever. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, obviously my days, but if they have questions, if they have something come up, Hey, uh, you know, FYI, just found out that I've got, you know, conference for my, my kids at school, uh, next, next Thursday, I'm gonna have to miss the workout. How should I adjust it? So then, all right, like you let me know, I go in there, make, make those adjustments. Um, you know, and, and just really kind of keep it, keep it, uh, loosey goosey. And, and obviously the, the, the better situation is the more advanced that they can tell me something is, is on the schedule, you know, the easier it is to work around, but you know, life doesn't always work like that where, you know, Oh, by the way, six weeks from now, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a cold. So I may need to, yeah. to adjust my training that week. Uh, so, so when, when we're in that situation where it's, it's more of right now, then we just, you know, adjust to it as best we can, whatever, whatever makes the most sense. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely come around in the last year, year and a half of being much more of a when in doubt, don't 
type of, of philosophy. Don't run, don't push yourself. If you're, if you're sick, if you're stressed, things like that. Um, you know, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of us runners and you get into running long enough and, and you start to drink this Kool-Aid and, and I'm guilty of it too, where it's like, I need to run for every, like, no matter if I'm on my deathbed, if I've got, you know, a, a limb, a, a bone sticking out, like whatever it is, like I need to run. And it's yes, but at the same time, we need to, to have a little bit of perspective in that, you know, for our body, stress is stress. And if you go out and you go try to hammer a hard workout when you're fighting off a cold and work has been a little bit crazy and all those things, like you might feel better in your head a little bit, which is, which is important, but you're, you're running down your immune system. You're, you're stressing out your, your, uh, you know, hormone production, cortisol, things like that inside your system. And you may be putting yourself farther behind by doing that workout that you think you need. So, um, you know, not all of my athletes have bought into that necessarily yet that when in doubt, just take the day off or run really easy, run short, just get a, a couple of easy, short miles. I don't care that you were supposed to do six today, or you were supposed to do a speed workout. Just, just get a mile, clear your head, nice and easy, come back and stretch or whatever. And, and, and that's going to help you more in the long run. So it's, it's communicating. It's trying to, to convince them and, and show them and give them <laughs> examples and, and try to lead by example too. I, I've, I've, um, really tried to be transparent about the things that I struggle with and the, the times that I don't always practice what I preach. And then, you know, lo and behold, like I end up getting sick, like, because I was training too much when I should have been sleeping a little bit more, burning the candle at both ends with work and family and, and all these things. It's like, this is why I tell you guys. And, and obviously I need to tell myself more too. Um, but, uh, you know, just trying to show them that, that, you know, you don't have to go out there and run as hard as you can every day to get faster uh, and in fact, you probably shouldn't do that or else you're going to end up in with, with more problems, injuries, burnout, things like that than, than what you want really, really want to deal with if you can avoid it. Yeah, that's such a hard concept. And I think especially for someone that's like new and they're a beginner, they don't know how to trust their body. And they're just like, oh, I'm going to go from zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to, no, I just want to, I just want to do it all. And um, but yeah, such good advice. And I always think of it like, Anytime we're doing health, anytime we're doing running, anytime, every, anything we're doing, it's supposed to add value. And yeah, there's going to be times it's challenging, but it's like, this is your one body. <laughs> right. You're, you don't get another one. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the book. I am so excited about this. Be ready on race day. Um, so how did you even, how did you get the idea for the book? What is the book about? Who's it for? Yeah. So the, the book, that was, that was a, a whole saga of process of, of getting that thing finally done and dusted and ready to go. It took much longer than it should have. It was certainly a big learning experience. And, and hopefully the next book, um, not hopefully the next book will go much smoother because of going through that, that process the first time and figuring out. But, um, I'm in a, a entrepreneur's type of group and there was a, there was a challenge of write a book in a month, um, a, a while ago. <laughs> It was, it took me many months. I didn't, I didn't just stick to the challenge maybe as well as, as everybody else did, but it was, it was, you know, write a book in a month. And, and I'd been thinking about writing a book and, and wanted to get into to speaking. And I know that having a book is a good gateway to kind of add a little credibility or whatever, blah, 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 blah. So, all right, here's a challenge. I'm going to do it. Let's, let's rock and roll. So, you know, then the first thing is what are you going to write about? And, um, trying to think of different, different things, different, different ideas, and I kind of kept coming back to this, this concept that I've heard several times in a variety of places that, you know, you can give stuff away and people will still, will, will pay for it. Like, like, you know, like, cause when I, when I floated this idea, my wife, cl- clients, people in, in my inner circles were like, why are you going to write a book that means that people don't have to hire you? Like they can yeah. buy this, this $15 book. And why would they hire you to write their training plans? Why would they hire you to be your coach when you're 
if you're really going to lay out the entire process of, of what you do in the book. Um, and so, you know, I, I took that advice and, and decided to go forward with it anyway, because basically because it was like, Hey, there's a lot of people out there that maybe would like to have a coach, but you know, budgets are tight and they've got kids and they've got other, other responsibilities. They got a mortgage, they got a car payment, they got this, that, and the other. And you know, the idea of, of dropping 50, 60, 80, a hundred dollars a month on, on a running coach just would be great, but it just doesn't, doesn't add up. It's not something that, that works uh, for, for their budgets. And, and I'm really strong in my, you know, one size fits one type of belief that there is no one size fits all. And, and, you know, there's so many, all of the free plans out there are just, you know, if you want to run an XYZ marathon or XYZ half marathon or couch to 5k or whatever, like, like they all are one size fits all. And there might be variations. There might be, if you want to run it in about this time or about this time, or you're a new runner or an advanced runner, but there's still one size fits this big group of people and, and nothing that's, that's individualized. So, um, and even when you buy a book, you, you buy a, a book that says how to train for your first marathon. It's still a, just a, it's more detailed, but it's still just a one size fits all type of thing. So, uh, I kind of looked at, at the possibilities and what was out there and, and realized that there's really nothing for how to make your own training plan, how to, how to do something that's actually unique for you, how to, how to, you know, instead of going, well, these are the days that the book says I need to run. How do you look at your life and go, all right, these are the, these are the, realistically, these are the three days a week that I'm most likely able to find the time. So what do I do on those three days? Like, how do I, how do I structure this? So wrote the book uh, with the idea that it can either be something where you can use it to start your plan from complete scratch and, and build it out and, and, you know, be ready on race day, be ready to go and, and, and give your best chance towards your goal on the day of your race. Or you can take one of those free plans, those, those one size fits all things and use that as kind of the framework. But then here's a step-by-step of how to go through and adjust and tweak. And when life happens and you do miss a, a long run, how do you adjust it? How do you get back on track for the next week and not do too much and wind up injured because you're like, well, shoot, I missed these two runs and I have to make them up. Well, no, you, you probably don't like it's, it's probably going to be okay. You know, just get back on track, get, you know, and, and, and absorb it and you're going to be fine. Um, so, so that was, that was the, um, kind of the motivation behind it. And, and so far the feedback's been really good. And I've even had, it's funny, I've had several clients that have, have bought the book and, and <laughs> the you know, feedback from them has pretty much universally been like, when you said it is exactly what you do working with us, like you really weren't kidding. Like it really is exactly what you do when you work with us. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like this is how you, this is how I write your plans. And so, you know, it, so it helps them to understand a little bit more of why we're doing what we do or why I do what I do for the, for them. Um, but it also helps, like I said, those that are maybe newer, but they they recognize the limitations of a one size fits all plan or the ones that are maybe a little bit more advanced in the sport would like to have a coach, but just right now it doesn't fit in the budget to say, well, here's, here's something that's, you know, the next best thing where I, I can kind of, know the, the principles, know the science, know the, that there's a lot of art in with the science as well. And I can, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to be perfect with every decision, just make a decision and go with it. Um, and, and they can see that improvement as well. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that it definitely comes, um, you know, you being a family man, you understanding that life happens, you understanding that like people have jobs, like people get sick, people have stuff happening in life. We're not elite runners. Like we're not, mm-hmm we're not paid athletes. We are, you know, just people that have a hobby. And so I think that that definitely came across through the book. Um, yeah, I loved it. So I do have some new runners on here and I think that they should definitely get the book, but let's talk about, I've had a lot of people reach out and they're like, 
you know, I like running, but everyone says that I should incorporate strength training, but I don't want to do that. I only like running. So why is strength training or yoga? You talked about yoga in the book as well. Um, why are those two big things that new runners should definitely look into as well? Yeah. I mean, you know, we all, I think we all do this. You know, it, it, at some point you're like, yes, like running is, is my thing. I love it. And you know, that's going to be my exercise Yeah, and that's great. And, and, you know, run, running is, is fantastic. But if you really love running that much and you want it to continue doing it for month after month and potentially year after year, and, and maybe you've got some big audacious goals of, of traveling and running races in, in different states or different countries or, you know, time goals that are going to take years to chip away at and get to, um, you know, when, when you look at the bigger picture, there's a lot of, of running injuries that are kind of the more common injuries. And more often than not, those injuries are a result of some type of muscle imbalance or weakness or something like that in the body that, you know, when you go for a couple of runs here and there, you go for, you know, your, your regular schedule for a month or for six months aren't enough to cause a problem. But when you start to do that schedule eight months, 12 months, 16 months and, and, and on and on and on, those just, those little things start to creep up and start to cause problems and start to, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a little, a little pebble. And pretty soon it's a, a whole big landslide of, of issues that, that crop up. And now, now you're injured and now you can't run. And now, now you're all upset that you can't run because it's what you love to do. And, you know, so then you say, Oh, screw it. I'm going to eat all the things and, and have a pity party for myself. And, and all of this progress that you've made from, from all areas of your health start to start to go away. Um, and in most cases, a little bit of preventative medicine, a little bit of, of doing some other things, of, of being a well-rounded human being, a well-rounded athlete um, helps. So, you know, doing some of that, the stretching or, or some yoga or something like that to keep your flexibility and maybe improve your flexibility a little bit um, are, are great to help avoid some of the, the itises, the tendonitis and the bursitis and things like that that are common. Um, a little bit of strength training. I mean, you don't need to have a gym membership. You don't need to be thrown up huge weights. You don't have to worry about bulking up and getting, getting all, you know, you know, Mr. Universe or Miss Universe or things like that. Like doing some body weight stuff, doing some, some squats or some lunges or some planks or some, some pushups or, or things like that. Um, getting a couple of, of light dumbbells or using a, a water jug or something like that for a little bit of extra resistance or all things that, you know, may not seem like they're going to help you be a better runner, but they're going to help you avoid injuries. And lo and behold, you know, a little bit of muscle strength, a little bit of muscle endurance. So like those are benefits for us as runners, especially as you get more uh, advanced in some of your goals of, of running longer races or running faster times or things like that. So, um, you know, I, I look at it as, as the more well-rounded of an, of an athlete you can be, probably the better runner you're going to be mm. and almost assuredly the, the healthier, happier, fitter human being you're going to be. So, you know, even if you can't point to because I did... 15 squats a day or because I did a, a you know, the, the monthly plank challenge or whatever, like even if you can't point to a direct relation from that to improvement in your running over time, you will, if for no other reason, then you're like, less likely to get injured, which means that you're going to be able to keep running, which means you're gonna be able to keep making progress and keep moving towards your goals. So, um, you know, I, I know I get it. I, and, and again, you know, here's one of those areas where I'm, I'm good at preaching the game. And sometimes, sometimes I'm on, on point for my strength training. And sometimes I'll have a, a month or six weeks where it's like, gosh, like I haven't done anything outside of running. And maybe I've done pushups twice in the last six weeks. And it's like, I got to get back on, on track a little bit um, because it really is valuable. And, and like I said, you might be able to get away with it for a short time, but over months and years, your, your likelihood of shin splints or IT band issues or plantar fasciitis or, or, you know, th some of those, those, 
annoying injuries that are all too common in our sport, like those likelihoods just keep going up and up the longer you avoid doing the yoga and the strength training, a little cross training and things like that. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, and I think it's hard, you know, like for new people, they're like, Oh, like, I'm just doing this. Like this is, I'm just running. Like I'm, I'm not, or even how you say, like, I'm not an athlete. I'm just running. Like I'm just going out for runs. But, um, I think that whole part about thinking of yourself like an athlete, like taking that on, um, that can feel overwhelming for people, but like ultimately, yeah, like this is a sport. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and like I said, people, a lot of times think that the first thought is, well, when am I going to find the time to go to the gym three times a week for an hour each time? And like, maybe that's, maybe that's the ideal. I don't know that I would even say that that's the ideal, but you know, if you, if you have the time and you can make it great, like it's not going to hurt you, but you know, can you get 20 minutes of squats and core work while you're watching TV or, you know, while, while you're screwing around on Facebook, can you sit on the floor and do some stretching on your phone or things like that? So you can, you can mix these things in and it doesn't have to be this huge, overwhelming, one more thing I have to add to my schedule. Just mix it in as part of your life. And by gosh, a, a little bit here and there yep. makes a big difference. Exactly. Yeah. If you're doing 10 minutes, 20 minutes, three times a week, that's an hour. Multiply that by 52 weeks. Definitely. It's going to add up. Mm-hmm. And then it's just that whole idea that like the small stuff that we do, that's the stuff that adds up instead of like, oh, I can't actually get it to the gym for an hour. Right. You never do right. it. It's right. yeah. Those perfect plans versus the imperfect plans that like, just be imperfect and be okay with it. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. So I also have a lot of runners um, or new people that don't want to call themselves runners yet that have not run a race and they're just casual runners. So like, oh, I go out, you know, I run like 20 minutes or 30 minutes here or there. Um, and I know you are big into races. How, how do you think, how do you get someone hyped up? Like, and why should someone run a race? Like, what will that do for them? Well, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't think you have to run a race by any stretch to, sure. to be considered a runner. I've, I've had, uh, several folks, maybe not several, but I've definitely had a few, I can, I can think of, of a few people on, on my podcast where, um, you know, like, like, you know, Jacqueline, the first question I ask is always the same. What's your favorite distance to race and why? And I've had a few people that are like, you know, I haven't run a race in years. Like I just like to run and, yeah. and that's fine. You know, that, that's, that's, that's great. Move on next, next question. Um, but you know, so I don't think that you have to, mm-hmm. to run just to, just to throw that or to race, to, to be a sure. runner, just to throw that out there. Um, but it's, it's, it's different. There's a different level of excitement. Um, if, if you were at all competitive or have a, a, a at all competitive bone in your body, it can be a great chance to scratch that itch. Um, you know, like for me, I, I played sports in high school. Like I played sports growing up, like that competition thing is something that I enjoyed then. Um, and I still enjoy it now and I'm not competing to win races very often unless it's a really small local race. Maybe I can, I can be up to the front of the pack or, or maybe I can, I can be first in my age group, but in most races I enter, like I'm, I'm not in, in danger of, of winning, of, of placing anything like that but I'm always able to compete with myself. You know, can I, can I run faster? Can I run smarter? Which doesn't always mean that I'm running faster, but I ran a smarter race. I, I executed my plan this time as opposed to, you know, going out too fast and blowing up halfway through and, and struggling the, the last couple of miles to get to the finish line. So, you know, there's always that, that opportunity to, to compete with myself that, that I do enjoy uh, when, I, when I have those opportunities to run a race. Um, and and it's, it's a great, you know, chance for, to be around other runners, which, mm-hmm. you know, depending on, especially if, if you're new and you're kind of like, yeah, I just, I'm just going to train by myself. Or maybe you've got one or two friends that, that you kind of have your, you know, we're, we're running together. We're, we're figuring this thing out together. 
Um, but getting around a race and, and, you know, you might, uh, if, if you're a little bit nervous or intimidated about, I don't know if I'm gonna be fast enough, I'm gonna have to walk like all of, all of those types of, of things like a, most of us have been there. Most of us have, have had those, those, uh, reservations as well. And, and B, you know, 95, 98, some, you know, some percentage that I'm making up, but the vast majority of the runners at the race, like they're not, they're not going to be upset or say anything. They're all going to be supportive. They're all going to be excited that you're out there, that you're trying, that you're doing your best. They'll be willing to answer your questions. Like maybe don't bother them during the race. You know, if somebody, if somebody's blowing by you, don't try to flag them down and ask them a question, but before the race, after the race, like, you know, you, you can, you can talk to just about anybody ask them, you know, start asking questions, ask them what their goals are for the race. And, you know, if there's something that you've been starting, like, I mean, I just haven't been able to run past, you know, the two mile mark every time. Like, like, do you have any suggestions of things I might try? Like you might be surprised how, how helpful talking to runners at a race can be, um, again, to where you don't necessarily need a coach or, or you, you know, you don't have to, if, if that's not, if you're not at that point yet, asking the masses and getting some, some, some questions answered that way, uh, is, is great. You know, social media is great for that, but it's, a, it's just different when it's in person. It's different when somebody can, can see you, you can see them, you can you get the nuance of the tone of your voice, the, the reflection of what you're saying. You can ask that follow-up question. Oh, well, so then what about, you know, and it carries on. Um, so I, I think that, that races are, are fun. They're not necessarily for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but once in a while, it can be a nice way to change things up. And, and maybe, you know, like I said, if you're competitive at all, it's a good excuse to push yourself a little bit because it's all of a sudden it's an official time. It's not just, it's not just what my, my watch says today, but it's actually like there's an actual time, you know, that goes with this distance today. And, and you know, that can, that can get you motivated a little bit too. Yeah, no. And I, I think you're just, it's so true what you said, you know, you don't need to run a race. Like I haven't run a race, a serious race this year or whatever, um, but it is that thing like to train for anything as adults, like it's fun. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fun when we, when we, um, go, it's just exciting. And yeah, so many good nuggets there. So, okay. The title of this podcast is actually you are a real runner. So let's, you know, from an official running coach, Denny, what, what does it mean to be a runner? A lot of people are afraid of that word. What do you think it means? <laughs> I, I, you know, in, in, in this might be a bit of a cliche answer, but like, if you, if you run, you're a runner, like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter how far it doesn't matter how fast, um, you know, like, like I have, I have athletes I work with and, and emphasize athletes and runners that, you know, they run walk and that's fantastic. Like, you know, we, we work with them. They, like I said, I, I, I love having people that have goals and ambitions and, and ways that they're trying to improve. And, and if they want to keep run walking, we keep working within that structure to go, well, how can you get a little bit faster? How can you improve your endurance and go a little bit farther, whatever their goals might be. So, you know, there's no, to me, there's no real defining line other than, you know, do, do you run? And, and that could be a, a slow shuffle, you know, a, a, a power walk, whatever. If, if you're willing to say that, like, I'm going for a run, then to me, that's, that's what it takes. That's, that's the defining line. And, and, you know, if you, if you run, you're a runner. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It can be really hard. Cause you're like, no, but people are faster than me, but yeah. There's, there's always, even the yep. fastest guy in the world, there's somebody that on, a, on a, any given day is faster than him or her. So, you know, don't, don't, don't use the time or the fast or the speed or things like that. That, that is not part of the equation or shouldn't be. It, it is, but it shouldn't be in, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, and I, I think that's a really good thing to remember that, yeah, you know, even the, even the elite runners, there are people that are faster than them. 
they're still runners. Like they're mm-hmm. still out there. They're doing it, practicing. All right. Awesome. Denny, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was so great to talk with you. Um, I will definitely have links to, let's see, website, the book. Where can we find the book uh, to purchase? It's uh, you know available anywhere where Amazon is found. So uh, just be ready on race day on Amazon and also be ready on raceday.com. We'll take you to the website for you know some sample chapters and things like that if you want to find out a little bit more about it than what the little blurb on Amazon has. Yeah, awesome. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Jenny. I'll have links to all of his social media um, in the show notes. All right, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Thanks.